listening to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, where women who are ready to expand their life adventure discover the tools to stop playing small and tap into the courage required to enjoy their Second Wind. Welcome. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here today. This is going to be an awesome show. As you know, I think all of the shows are fun and awesome. But it's been a really interesting week. I have, of course, starting this January, we've had, we have a new president, we have a new vice president, and we've discovered a new poet a 22-year-old poet that absolutely took the show away at the inaugural day that happened uh, just not so long ago. So we've seen lots of growth, and we're all waiting to see the, the COVID virus shot to come down our way so that we can finally sign up for it. That is our mission. Another thing that I wanted to tell you about that I've done also is I believe so strongly in the vision board, the power of creating a vision board every year. Now, a vision board, you know, is your vision for 2021, and it is more or less your visual roadmap of what you want to achieve through the year. Now, if you're interested in knowing more about it, I did on my podcast last week a podcast teaching you about vision boards. And I also created for you a vision board guide. Now, you can go to JoyceBufordEmpowers.com forward slash VB guide, excuse me. And retrieve this, and I really encourage you to do retrieve the guide before you go and listen to the teaching of how to do a vision board. So I'm hoping that you will at least reach out. If you've never made a vision board, then you will become familiar with this fabulous tool that you can use to actually help you create an awesome 2021. And I think we're all ready for a awesome year. Don't you? I do. So our guest today is a very interesting word, word, woman. <laughs> and she is an author. Now the author comes through so strong for her. She is an author, and I'm going to put that in all caps, a wellness and self-care educator, and an owner of Hope for Health Wellness. She plants seeds of hope by teaching others how stress impacted and has impacted her life emotionally and physically, while sharing complementary layers of self-care to promote her here, her health in her healing, she wants to help others decrease stress, anxiety, and improve overall health so that their lives can be rich and full of happiness. Now, Hope began writing when she was 16 years ago, and so I'm going to let her tell us about that journey as we go into the show. Now, Hope is the mother and of 
a blended family. She and her husband, Sky, married, and their blended family has four adult daughters, two son-in-laws, and four delightful grandchildren. She spent 11 years in the fitness industry before transitioning to human services 13 years ago. And I look forward to her story about this. In her story, she's going to talk about high-risk pregnancy that she experienced with her twin daughters, and also what it was like being a single parent and working three jobs in one of her transition periods. So I look forward. There are other things that she's going to share with us today. So I look forward. So welcome, Hope. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for (laughs) um, having me on here. I'm honored. Oh, we're delighted that you're here. Now, you live in Wyoming, so is it cold out there? Yes. Oh, <laughs> yes, we're, it is. We are temp- we're in a temporary home right now. We were in Colorado for a variety of years. Um, my husband and I are from Wyoming, but um, Colorado for several years, and we just bought some land in Montana. So we are building <gasps> in Montana, um, so we're living in Wyoming temporarily. And we yeah. are getting a storm right now. We already have about about three feet of snow, and we're, we've oh. already we got five more inches last night, and we're supposed to get snow the next few days. So, yeah, it's, ah. it's chilly and lots lots of snow here. It's so pretty when it falls. You know, we actually had a snowstorm here about a week ago. Amazing! I heard that. Tyler, Texas, does not get snow, and so. Yeah. But, you know, the good thing is it snowed on Sunday, and it was gone by Monday night. Yeah. We only got yep. an inch and a half. So, um, and then the other thing I want to share with you, I spent uh, all of my summers uh, for at least two weeks uh, while my children were growing up in Wyoming, and it's such a beautiful state. Wow. So, and I what, know you're not going to live in Wyoming, but still. Time? It's a plug for Wyoming as being such a beautiful state. I love enjoying. You know, being it is. And in, in the part we're at, we're about um, an hour and a half south of Jackson Hole, and and it is it is stunning oh. here. We're we're in the Wind River Mountains, um, oh, and it is. And it, like you said, the snow falls straight down. There's not a lot of wind here where we're at, and it is. I feel like I'm in a snow globe. It is stunning. <laughs> it's beautiful. Oh, I that that just sounds so peaceful. I'm jealous. It is hope. <laughs> very peaceful, very peaceful. So, tell us about some of those. As I was reading your your personal bio, I was just amazed at at the challenges that you health challenges that you experienced during your life. You know, growing up, as we all say, as we were growing up, growing through our transitions. So, well, how about if you share? some of that journey that you took with your daughters and so forth? Yeah, you know, um, I was very lucky with my childhood. Not not a lot of, um, you know, huge upheaval or transitions, just a pretty mm-hmm. simple life in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. And then I, I say my emotional habit kind of started right with that high-risk pregnancy and birth of, of my twin daughters. They were mm. born with, or, or they were diagnosed with what's called uh, twin-to-twin transfusion syndrome. And oh. uh, it's, it's really interesting because um, there's actually a, um, a series out on Netflix called First Cut. 
And the very first episode is about twin to twin transfusion syndrome. So I watched it about a month ago and um, my children were born in 1996 and there is a procedure I believe came out in 1992 to help these high risk pregnancies because the rate of survival for um, the twin to twin transfusion syndrome was significantly low up until that time. Most, uh, most, Twins, it only happens in identical twins. And most twins, um, you'll have one twin that most of before 1992 was very rarely diagnosed. And mm-hmm. then at, at that point in 90, 1992, when this doctor from Germany um, was really studying and researching it and finding kind of a treatment for it, they were realizing, um, I guess you could say, how common it was. And but what was happening is is the one twin was not surviving past about 16, 17, 18 weeks, and then the other twin was at risk and, and really wouldn't survive much longer past that. Oh, my so, goodness. Yeah, it was a really, of course, I'm, I'm not a doctor, and I'm just a mom mm-hmm. who went through it and watched the series on Netflix. But, right, um, yes. So the, a lot of the technical information, you know, it's a really good, interesting show to watch. But that's what my twins were. And I didn't know I was having twins until I was 28 weeks pregnant. And at that point in time, for that type of pregnancy with that type of diagnosis to even last that long was unheard of. Mm-hmm. So I do call them my miracle babies. Mm-hmm. Um, they're 25, 24 years old now, but they still yeah. are my miracle babies because um, it was, it was really, um, when they diagnosed them, they did give, tell me it was a 50, 50 chance at that point in time that they would make it, um, oh, hope through I the entire imagine. pregnancy. Mm, and then yeah. we ended up having them, um, um, uh, emergency C-section at 32 weeks gestation. Um, Taylor was two pounds, four ounces and Morgan was two pounds. And so they did have a two month NICU stay. Um, with oh, a variety of, of health issues. Yeah. Right. Wow. Then you yeah. went through a divorce and, mm-hmm. uh, and not really spending too much time on that other than to say you did go through the divorce when the girls were how old? They were three. They were pretty young. Three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you became a single mom. Tell us about that. I did. I became a single mom. Um mm-hmm. And that, that, you know, just single parenting um, has challenges of its own. I, I, at that point in time in my life, oh gosh, I was divorced 21 years ago. So at that point in time in my life, I, I, I was a survivor, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> not as emotional, <laughs> not as um, socially, emotionally aware and as intelligent as I consider myself now. I had a lot to learn after having daughters and going through a variety of challenges in my life. Um, so I just kind of considered myself a survivor and I just did what I had to do. Um, I had some college, but I did not have, I I did not finish college, so I didn't have a degree, which did make single parenting even more challenging with at that point in time, the cost of daycare and, um, you know, the income that I was making, not having that degree. So I, I did what I had to do and I had a really amazing support system even with my ex-husband and my friends and, and my parents, um, a good support system. So I was able to work around 
kind of our shared custody agreement. So I worked when my girls were with their dad and um, I, I had an at-home job and then I had a job that I went to where I was able to take the children. Um, they had oh, their, that was luck, cool. I was lucky they had daycare at my job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so awesome. you just kind of, yeah, you do what you had to do, but the financial, the stress does take its toll. I mean, there, okay. there's no doubt about it. Um, and, and the level of stress is different for everybody, but, but you don't come through a divorce and single parenting un, unscathed. So it does take right. its toll. Yeah. Right. But it just, I, you know, I mean, the courage that it takes to face those, those uh, trials is amazing. And I think women are just so strong to be able to face those. And and there's always some transition when you go through a divorce or whatever it is, when it's a health issue, there's always a lesson learned as painful as it is. And you kind of go, is this the easiest way to learn this lesson? You know, you just kind (laughs) of want to go, oh, come on, can we do this another way? But isn't it the truth? I mean, honestly, but but then another thing that happened to you is that you had fibromyalgia. Did I say that fibromyalgia. right? Fibromyalgia. Mm-hmm. I, I ended up with a fibromyalgia diagnosis, correct. Mm-hmm. So I bet by the time you got that, you went, okay, I'm over this. Yeah. <laughs> because you had a lot <laughs> that of That is trials. exactly. Yeah. That is exactly what happened. <laughs> But that was, you know, when we talk about transition and, and I, or or transformation, I I absolutely love that word because I I believe with transformation, we really do have a choice of the, of what we do with it. We all go through transformation, but, but how we, the direction we choose to go with it is really, I think what matters the most. And I look at, at three of the big ones. Um, in my life and um, definitely my divorce, you know, uh-huh. propelled me in a different direction than I expected. Yes. My diagnosis yeah. of fibromyalgia is why I do what I do now. And mm-hmm. then another big one, which I, I didn't think it was going to be at the time, but it was huge, is when we became empty nesters. Right when we <laughs> became empty nesters, my husband started traveling um, overseas for work. So he was gone at a month at a time. So I went from a home of six to now a home of me and, and dogs. Oh, and, no. um, yeah, that it got was, a little quiet so, in there, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was just, it was, um, I, you know, we know it's coming, but it was just, a, just kind of an unexpected transition, but those three things propelled me and they were stepping stones that, that kind of, um, fed off of each other, like my divorce then fed into my fibromyalgia diagnosis, which all of that then fed into when I became an empty nester and finally propelled me to say, okay, you have had these experiences. Now, what are you going to do with it? And how out of your darkest times can come a great achievement and open my eyes to now how I can use my experience to help um, and support other women to know that as they're going through these transitions of life, that they don't have to be alone. Because I think that was the biggest thing for me is I didn't talk about it a lot. I was very private. So um, therefore, I did feel very alone, which impacted my stress, which impacted my health emotionally and physically. Um, so yeah, that's what it all just kind of full circle as to why I do what I do now. 
did you feel yourself getting stronger or were you just so shell-shocked? You were just kind of, okay, okay, okay. Did you, in your, as you were going through all those transitions, I know it's really hard to see how that situation will lead to something greater down the road, but I think there are more of us that because of that situation created the the strong future going forward. You know, I, I love that you said that, that it is when you're kind of in the middle of the chaos, really hard to see. And, mm-hmm. um, and in the beginning, yeah, I would say for the first 11 years between the ages of 22 and 34, that's when the chaos was really big and heavy and a lot of, and everything was just happening constantly. I felt like I couldn't get a break. Um, It was really heavy and it was very hard for me to see the forest through the trees and the big picture um, through that. But then I, and shell shock probably was a good word. Depression and anxiety kind of became my best friend through that. Yes. And you just kind of find ways to cope. Um, Mm -hmm. not really living fully, but just kind of find ways to cope and get through. Um, and then I, you know, I had such great mentors and teachers and women, women who crossed my path that when I finally did kind of get over the hump and get to the other Mm -hmm. side of it and realize I don't have the chaos and the stress, you know, it's, it's part of life and the milestones and the you know, the seasons that we go through, they're part of life. But I, when I finally learned some tools through these mentors and providers um, in my life and had the tools to realize, okay, I can get through these seasons as they come without necessarily feeling so shell-shocked or needing to escape from my life. Um, then now as I go through them, because they still happen, <laughs> Mm-hmm. They're still sure. there. They, Life. Yeah, they still happen. <laughs> we still get hit. This year, especially, you know, we got hit with the curveball. Um, <laughs> they aren't as devastating, I, I guess. I don't yeah. know if that's a fair word to say. Because, right. you know, there's going to always be things in life that are devastating. But um, I, I come at them from a very different perspective than I did those those first years when I was going through it. Right. Now, did you have going through all of those different, those years that you were going through all the difficult struggles, did you have one person or did you have a group of friends that kind of supported you? Or uh, what was your support during those years? Because we all need support. We do. We do. And it's so important. Um, And and the people we surround ourselves with, you know, is, is so important. You know, I am very blessed, um, with my parents. My parents are, are just a gem and they're encouraging, they're supportive, they're the love and acceptance and, and positive outlook is, is just unbelievable. So they're first and foremost, and, and it's always been so unconditional no matter what. And, so first and foremost, they have been my rock and, and that groundedness, I think having grown up with that groundedness, um, yes. has propelled me to, to look for that in other relationships. Now, doesn't mean it always happens. It certainly didn't always happen, but 
because I had that with my parents, when mm-hmm. something didn't feel quite right um, in a relationship or in a situation or a circumstance, it was easier. It was easy for me to read. Yeah. And, you know, then people, um, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in manifesting and, and envisioning the life that you want to create. And so when I put my intentions out there for friends and pe- people and things that I needed, it was very mm-hmm. ironic how they started crossing my path. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And yeah, it really, it really was kind of when I asked Uh for really what I needed and what my heart and soul was craving, um, these people would show up. So it was different people at different times, but then at the same time, it was a group of people. If it was kind of both. Yeah. Yeah. Did you use the tool of the vision board? I'm so hi. I love doing vision boards and have taught so many sessions on it, but it is a tool that many of us use. So I was wondering, did you use that in your transition? Yes, I have. Um, I would say most recently in the past, probably six or seven years more Mm -hmm. is not prior to that, but in the last six or seven years, I've done um, different vision boards off and on. Um, I've had my children do vision boards. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's been so fun. Uh, the workshops and retreats I've held, some of the partners that I pull in and work with have had um, the, the guests do vision boards. Mm-hmm. I am, yes, I am a big believer in vision boards and, and the power of, of intention and thoughts and, and all of that. So, right. Now, I, I alluded to your writing. You love to yes. write. And I, I enjoyed reading through your information about of course you have a new book that's coming out so I do yeah and it's coming out soon so that's going to be when February February 13th I write fiction romance novels that bring they're kind of have a twist of it they have a twist of faith but they also bring a voice to the exact scenarios that break us so um you know I, I bring up hard topics with you know whether it's suspense the darkness and lightness that we all have within us, trauma, grief, um, horrific secrets that a person or family carries, those are all kind of incorporated into my stories. Um, but then they also offer the, the vision of courage, healing, um, forgiveness, and, and hope. Mm-hmm. So um, I believe you know, that, that everybody existing truly is, is reason enough for all of us to receive love and abundance and have the quality of life that we deserve. And right. my books kind of, even though they, they do go deep and they do get dark, then it shows kind of how people can overcome that and go through their transformation. But they're actually but, a story in themselves, not like it's a, it's, I want to say it's a story with self-help kind of undercurrent, not a yeah. self-help. Like I wrote a self-help, you know, with right. visions and, and things, but, but you do it in a different format, which I think is very interesting. Yeah, I do it in, in a fiction romance format. Mm-hmm. So well, women love and, and fiction romance. <laughs> I do too. I love love. I, I, I love love. And so, um, but I also love personal growth. I love self-help. I love transformation. So 
my thought was how, and, and my faith, my spirituality as well. So I'm like, how can I incorporate all of that into a book? So right. that's kind of what I've done. And since it is fiction romance, I thought Valentine's weekend would be perfect for the book launch. So it is February 13th. <laughs> you are My second so right. novel, Angel Kisses, is going to be released. Oh, it sounds like a fun book to read. Really does. <laughs> so, <laughs> so one of the things that we were going to talk about today is how you worked with self-care because mm-hmm. you certainly have gone through a lot of stress and uh, emotional stress, physical stress, um, you know, just making it through the day sometimes. And and also how that transitions into self-love. So Correct. Will you want to talk about that? Sure, sure. Yeah, so um, through obviously my own experience and learning how um, – you know, stress impacts our life. So our society truly, I mean, it's, it's become one of stress and anxiety and I call it, I call it the disease of being busy and the disease (laughs) of being busy. It's become the norm and the implications of stress in our emotional and physical body um, is something that almost every American struggles with. Yes. And like you just mentioned, um, because of my own journey to health and wellness, which, which started so many years ago. Um, that that's why education around this is is super important to me now. But mm-hmm. it does it, it. It takes getting to a place where I, I had for me, and I think it's different for everybody when we finally get to that place. But for me personally, it was I had to know I was worth it, and knowing I was worth it. And I didn't have to live this way and I didn't have to give up. I talked to so many people that when the implications of stress and health start to take their toll, they're like, oh, well, you know, it is just the way that it is. And it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be that way. There's such a kind of a helplessness and a giving up in it. And, um, you know, my goal is to, to help people know that they are worth it. And that does come with, with the piece of, of loving ourselves. We mm-hmm. spend so much time, we, p- humans need love. So it's, it's the right. human fact. We need love. We need connection. Yeah. Um, and we do, we, we focus so much time on loving other people, which is great and wonderful. But a lot of the times we don't give to ourselves what we're giving to other people. And then mm-hmm. what I noticed happened with me, and this is just my own personal experience, but the less I was able to fill myself up with that self-love, the love I actually wanted to give to people and how I wanted to show up wasn't necessarily coming from my heart. It was more forced uh, than it was right. um, yeah. really coming from a, a, a genuine, authentic place of where it felt good. So for me, when I realized, you know, the more I could love myself, the more I had to give to other people without getting Mm -hmm. burnout, without feeling resentful, without feeling like I was being pulled in a million different directions. So it's finding that balance of, because I've had other people tell me too, clients um, and women that I've worked with that they don't want to be selfish. And so it's really finding that, that place of self-love that's not ego. Yeah, I need to break in. We need to go to 
Oh, uh, right. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Go ahead. Yeah. Returns after this short break. Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747. It's Marching Down Recently, while my family was skiing in Colorado, we were greeted by a red fox that darted out of the trees. This beautiful animal with his big bushy tail just stood in the snow and stared right at us. Maybe he smelled all the loverwort we had in our pockets. Loverwort is another word for junk and snack food. Typically, a red fox eats scrub and woodland, but this one appeared to have had his share of hamburgers and hot dogs from the chalet grill. Foxes are similar to dogs, except they are not pack animals. The female fox, or vixen, typically gives birth to a litter of 2 to 12 pups. When they are young, they all live together as a family, known as a leash of foxes. Once grown, the young foxes leave the burrow and go out to live on their own. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to this segment of Second Win. Joyce Buford, the author of Effortless Happiness, continues in this segment to share insights that will help you live a life of greater purpose and filled with happiness. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. We are talking today with Hope Glansberg. Now, she's a wellness and self-care educator, but she writes these awesome books that are also as we have decided, they're like self-help with the story. And it's, I, to me, it just sounds so fascinating to be able to go in and get that, that message through a story. I love that. So anyway, uh, Angel Kisses is her book mm-hmm. that will be um, uh, going uh, released on February the 13th. What a great Valentine's present. So Just before the break, we had sort of started on the topic of self-care and self-love. And I I wanted you to say a little bit more about that, if you would, Um, because I think it's it's an area that women particularly give so much of themselves away to their families, to their friends, to their parents, that they somehow don't have anything left for self-love. So tell yeah, us about that. Self-love and self-care. Um, yeah, you know, it really, one of the things that I was mentioning is with a lot of my clients is is we do, we want to give love. We want to make other people feel loved. We want to give love away. And finding that balance of how do we fill up our own cups um, so that we have enough to give to the other people in our lives without feeling like it's selfish or ego-driven, finding that balance is really important. And one of the things that I do 
in my education classes and the clients that I work with. We work a lot around grace for ourselves, permission for ourselves, and our yeses. What are our yeses? And being able to, because we hear all the time that it's really important to own our no. But I think yeah. what's even more important is that we know what our yeses are. And if we can define our yeses, it'll help us find that balance um, of, of where we're giving our time, where we're giving our energy. And so we don't get led to burnout and overwhelm all the time to where we feel that we aren't showing up and giving the love that the people around us deserve as well. So it's that truly the, just that balance because we deserve it too. And knowing that we deserve that, yeah. we need to be our own best friends. Yeah. I want to, I want to share an example of something that happened in my married life. I was one of those over givers and I did and I did and I did. And mm-hmm. um, I felt, and this was my, from my own growth story that after a while I felt used <laughs> Yeah. Have you ever heard that before? I do. And I, from what I've seen and observed, and even with my own situation, that's where resentment really starts to set in. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, and I, I today, <laughs> I'm many years down the road now. I can look back at that and see that I didn't just, as you say, say the yes and the no's, which is mm-hmm. called boundaries for me. I didn't have any exactly. boundaries. So I was just going at my steam, not really understanding what I needed and what I required. Right. Well, and we sometimes like logically, we know that we need those boundaries, but in our hearts, sometimes it is just so hard to set those boundaries because we do worry about the judgment. We do worry about making other people feel bad. Um, yes. And so just real, that's where those graces and permissions and honoring our own heart and soul as well. And we do work um, in my courses um, that I offer. We do work a lot on soul care. It's not just self-care, but we do talk a lot about soul care as well. Um, and, and just getting down to the core of, of what we deserve as well. Is the, when you talk about the soul care, is that where you talk about the boundaries? Is that where we do. boundaries we come in? Yep, boundaries. Um, oh gosh, so much. Um, body shaming. We do. We we talk about some body shaming because when we are, we look at in my workshops and retreats, we look at ourselves as a whole: our emotional, our physical, and our spiritual health. And right. so, when we do our soul care, we we touch on those topics that we as women um, mm-hmm. sometimes hang on to that keep us in that overwhelmed and stressed out state. So some of it is, is boundaries and who are we surrounding ourselves with and how are we engaging in relationships? Also, um, you know, giving ourselves um, grace around, yes, nourishing our body, but also not shaming ourselves around it. Um, So there's a lot of things that are incorporated Uh into that self-care, but boundaries definitely is is a big, big, big topic with all of it. Oh, yeah. Women love to, sh- you know, you never hear a guy that's got a beer gut walk around talking about his beer gut. But a woman always mm-hmm. does comment about her weight. I'm too mm-hmm. fat. Or I need to lose weight. Or something mm-hmm. like that, which is shaming, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. and 
I don't know why. I guess that's the even us. I don't know. But it does seem to be more prevalent in the the female than the than in the male. Um I think we hear I think women definitely talk about it more. What I've mm-hmm. learned um with men is men have it, they just aren't necessarily talking about it. Or they joke oh. about it in their razzing each other beer drinking kind of way. <laughs> oh yes, maybe so. <laughs> I don't hang with those guys, so I don't know. (laughs) I worked with with law enforcement for a lot of years. Oh, did you? Oh, funny. Funny, yeah. Yeah, so I I think the men have it, but how they verbalize it and how they share it um, and... And, and present it is very, very different than how women do. But the men do, they definitely do have it, yeah. Yeah. So tell us about your website, because I was fascinated okay. as I, I always visit websites. And oh. uh, it's just so interesting how different people set them up. And then also, I'm just looking for all of the valuable things you have there. So tell us about your website and what they can find there. Okay. So, um so I, I do a variety of things. I hold, I, I was holding in-person events and workshops and retreats, and I was collaborating with a variety of other providers when I was living in Colorado. We lived yeah. in the mountains and we had just kind of a beautiful setting where people could come and escape for restoration and rejuvenation for the weekend. And, and mm-hmm. so until COVID hit, I was holding one a month. Small oh. groups, I... I like small, intimate groups because I feel that community is huge, but connection um, connection in that community is so important. And sometimes if you get two bigger groups, the connections don't really happen. Yes. So I do hold um, the smaller groups. Um, when COVID hit, I've been doing more online stuff. So... So right now with what I teach, and it's, and it's interesting because even this morning I was thinking about, oh, we need to have another online one. Mm-hmm. So right now um, I am holding webinars and I have three that I'm offering, um, three courses. I have a calm building and stress resiliency course. I have mm-hmm. a fuel your mind and body course, and I have a mm-hmm. rest and move for vitality course. And that is what, um, you can go on my website, and if you look under webinars, there are events, and then there's a tab for webinars. Those are right there. Um, in collaboration, because when I meet people who are doing amazing things, and they have been given a gift by God to share these gifts with other people, I, I have a big mouth, so I love to talk about them. I love to tell people about their businesses. So collaboration for me is huge. So Mm -hmm. I love to pull these people in. So every now and then, like if I'm doing my five-week calm building and stress resiliency webinar, I'll pull Mm -hmm. in my friend Jenny, who's a yoga instructor, or I'll pull in my friend Teresa, who's a yoga instructor. Mm -hmm. Um, When I'm doing my nourish, my, my fuel your mind and body nourish pillar, I have a friend, Sarah Peterson, who's a mental health nutritionist. I will pull her in and we'll collaborate on that together. So yeah. I can do a variety of things and I can tailor them for what it is that people need. Mm-hmm. At the same time, um, I haven't been doing it because of COVID, 
but I I work with corporations, uh, you know, small businesses, nonprofits, volunteers, and I will go in whether it's a half a day, whether it's an hour over lunch, or whether it's a full day, and I will do um, a self care event for them, just oh, yeah. kind of wellness education right. facilitation. Um, right. Especially because you know, in the workplace, we're finding out that seventy-one um, percent of HR professionals say that their employees need help managing their stress levels mm-hmm. and balancing right. the workers' balancing family, personal life, and work has has become really challenging. So I will go mm-hmm. in, um, you know, and 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 into companies and things like that and do, again, I tailor it to their needs, what it is right. specifically they're looking for. Right. So I, yeah, I feel probably this is partly from my own experience. I'm a social bunny. So I like to be out touching people, talking to people, interacting with people. And the, the isolation has yeah. been really hard for me you know, Uh to, uh, and with isolation, there's always depression and all that mindset stuff that starts jumping out at you. So are you seeing this or have you, I mean, you said you don't, you're not doing this much, but are you focusing on a depression more in your work? Um, like I'm, I'm focusing more on the stress aspect and and how the stress can cause can can right. be can can kind of be the precursor for depression. Right. <clears throat> yeah. So as an educator, I do the seeds of planting, kind of getting to the root of what can be causing some of these um, physical, emotional, you know, spiritual. Um, yeah. I guess you could say problems that people are having, um, and then when it does come to some of the clinical stuff, I will connect my clients with a provider that can really go deeper with them to work in those areas. Yeah, that's a great idea to, you know, yeah. add depth to your workshops. I like that idea. Hope. Yeah. Yeah, it's and, great. You know, I, you know, we all have our niches and, mm-hmm. um, you know, my, my mental health provider friends that I collaborate with, with their different niches, then when I'm working with my clients and they're telling me, okay, this has been my experience, this is my history. And then we can mm-hmm. kind of talk about the roots of it and where it may st- be stemming from, but they still, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we can look at that and we can help treat that. But then they're still wanting to talk to a mental health provider about, you know, the mental right. health struggles and depression. Then I, that's where that collaboration and connection is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I was listening to a uh, workshop yesterday, as we do quite often, don't we? We have more of those workshops. Yeah shops over internet and uh they were stressing the importance of breathing and it Mm -hmm. was really interesting um how they had incorporated it and were sharing that just being in the present and breathing and uh, we did exercises and it was amazing so do you do any of that do you incorporate some of that into your training i do so yeah, with yeah. mine, um, we do go into, we do kind of the biochemical education of what's understanding our bodies, how our bodies work, 
what's going on with it and how it's causing some of some of these, you know, physical and emotional things uh-huh. that we're seeing. And then yeah. I do a variety of, of teaching a variety of self-care tools. And, uh-huh. and my goal is to make it realistic, reachable, and functional. Because as women, well, and men too, but, but as women, that's kind of my focus, is mm-hmm. we are so busy. And the idea of adding, oh my gosh, one more thing to our to-do list is <laughs> can mm-hmm. sometimes send us over the edge. It's like, oh my mm-hmm. God, that's going to send me over the mm-hmm. edge. Don't tell me I have one more thing I need to do. So my goal is to really teach simple, easy tools that don't feel like, oh my gosh, I have to take 10, 20 minutes out of my day to do this. There's things that people can incorporate very easily, 30 seconds, one minute into when you're sitting at your desk, when you're just taking a break and looking out the window of your office. Um, Something that you can do while you're making dinner with your family. Mm-hmm. Right before bed, something you and your children can can do together. As you know, most of us, when our children are little, we have a lot of times we have them on a really good bedtime routine. So some mm-hmm. of the things that I teach these women is this is something you can also do with your children during their bed bedtime routine. That's going to benefit you and your stress levels, but also them and their stress levels as well as they're you know, going through life and, and dealing with all of the changes that we've come across this last year. Yeah. So I, yeah. And breath is, breath is when we talk about a lot because it is, um, the way it signals stress in our body, um, is, is really powerful. So, yeah. Yeah. What well, could you share with us just one breathing exercise or one quickie that you could help us with? Well, sure. <laughs> sure, I can do that. Um, so there's, you know, there are a lot of, I used to be a yoga instructor. So there are a lot of breathing techniques out there. And um, my favorite is called the alternate nostril breathing. Have you heard of that one? No. Okay. So the reason I love this one is one, it targets, um, your limbic system, which when, when, we, when we talk about stress and we talk about calm, we want to go directly to the limbic system in our brain, which is, is the lower part in the back. And that is connected to our adrenals, and our adrenals produce our stress hormones. So when we target our limbic system, it targets our adrenals to whether or not we're producing too many stress hormones. So the alternate nostril breathing targets the limbic system, but it also um, balances your right brain and left brain hemispheres. Oh, so like if you're that. sometimes, oh, go ahead. I, no, I like that. That's always yeah. comment. And this one's really good for kids in school because sometimes kids in school, um, if they've been focusing too much or if they're, you know, really overthinking Sometimes it can just, that right brain, left brain can really get out of balance. So, and us as adults as well. So the alternate nostril breathing will balance, it targets the limbic system, and then it balances the right and left hemispheres. So this is going to relax your body and mind. It'll reduce anxiety and lower your heart rate and just promote some overall breathing. So what you want to do is just get in a really comfortable position. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm always all about closing the eyes. (laughs) 
So then you're going to lift your right thumb to your right nostril. And you're going to plug your right nostril with your right thumb. And you're going to inhale through your left nostril. So while your right nostril is closed, inhale through your left. Inhale deeply. And then as you, you're going to plug your left nostril with your finger, your index finger, and you're going to exhale through your right nostril. So oh, then okay. you're going to go ahead. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Okay. I did it. Yeah. So then, <laughs> and then we're going to alternate. So you're going to inhale through your right, plug your right, exhale through your left. Inhale through your left, plug your left, exhale through your right. Plug your left, inhale through your right, plug your right, exhale through your left. Oh, gosh, I hope I'm getting my left and right right, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) We get the message. We get the message. So, and how many times do you count those? How many you do or... Um, I don't, I, you know, even one minute, taking one minute minute a day to do this. (laughs) You might pass out if you did five, maybe (laughs) (laughs) you you can do up to five, um, you know, but even one minute and especially Uh just for people just starting out, um, the key is to just really that deep, deep breath in through that nostril and that Uh slow exhale out. Yeah. It's a really powerful, easy breath. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks, Hope. Yeah. And we learned something new today. If I could just give you another another really quick, simple um, tool that I absolutely love and is so so easy is is nature. So nature is a powerful stress reducer, and you'll get immediate an immediate calming response when you either step outdoors breathing in fresh air, or even like if you're at your computer and you can't get outside, pulling up a picture on your screen, the colors and textures of green plants and natural landscapes, that's all going to shift you into a calm response. So that's another really simple, easy, good one. What's the benefit? I think it's the grounding thing, but I've heard many people talk about walking barefoot outside in the grass. Now, you know, Texas has grass, so uh, yeah. That's fairly easy to do. I don't know about some kind, part of the country. You know, they have sand. So uh, is it just the grounding? Is that the importance of that? I, I think it has to do with that nature that we just talked about. But then I think right. it also has to do with our nervous system because uh-huh. our um, skin is the largest sense organ in our body. So yeah. soothing and calming our skin can really help. And, and when you're barefoot and you're walking, um, in nature, it can, it can stimulate, um, the nervous system as well. Oh, I like that. I'm, a I'm sure there's girl. other, I'm, I'm sure there's other reasons, but that's, mm-hmm. that's the first one that comes to me immediately yeah. is, is kind of the nervous system response. Well, thank you. I know my listeners yeah. has enjoyed that as much as I did, just giving us something to walk away with, but the, I do encourage listeners you listeners out there to go to her website because she has so many so many good things listed there that I think you're going to be very pleased that you did now 
you have written two books. You've got oh, one correct. that's coming out, and the first mm-hmm. one was? My first novel was Piece by Piece, um, and it was launched October of 2019, and it hit number uh, number one bestseller category on Amazon. And oh. um, so, yeah, I don't write series, so they're two different standalone books, but same genre, same concept. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do they have a focus? Are the, is the focus for piece by piece different from Angel's Kisses? It or? is. Yeah, very different. Um, same genre, you know, same. Piece by piece has, um, Angel Kisses has mystery. Piece by piece has suspense. And, oh, my you know, I have, all of my books have, like, the, the overall kind of main story, but I plug in little sub-stories into, mm-hmm. um, in, into all of my characters' history. And mm-hmm. so, and like I said, because I write books about the scenarios that break us, so piece by piece, my first novel, um, some of the themes of it are... Um, um, Anxiety and depression, marriage mm. and relationship, mm-hmm. um, physical and sexual abuse against kids, mm-hmm. um, family, family relationship and dynamics are, are a huge topic of, of piece mm-hmm. by piece. Oh, gosh, I'm trying to think. Narcissism is, is, is tied in there into mm-hmm. kind of some of the underlying themes. Angel kisses, some of the underlying themes in angel kisses, we have grief and loss. Um, mm-hmm single parenting, we have domestic violence, and we have substance abuse. So those are some yeah. of the times. Right. And they're all intertwined in, it sounds Story. really complicated, but it's not. It's just all, <laughs> I think we're all very multidimensional people, and uh-huh. we all have, you know, histories that bring us to where we are today and how we react and how we show up. And so I try to tie that into my characters in my books. Yeah, you've piqued my curiosity about your books. <laughs> yay! <laughs> yay! Yay! Well, we are coming to the close of our hour. Now, tell me, do you have a goal for 2021? It has to be short, can't be long, but what are your main focus for this year? It, truly, my main focus now, um, with everything that I'm, I'm now up and running online, and not doing the events in my home, but more doing the events personally myself. I, I want to reach people. I want to impact, empower, strengthen, and inspire women. Um, you know, just talking about my story and, and knowing the many people who've come across my path and impacted and inspired me, my goal is to pay it forward. There's so mm-hmm. much great information that can really empower women, and I just want to share that. That's my goal. That's a good goal. I like that. That's really stepping up for your fellow women out there, for sure. And, of course, for men. I mean, we don't have feelings or feelings, and we don't mean to isolate. But our right. my audience, like your audience, is the woman yeah. around the woman. So, anyway, yeah. I just appreciate so much, Hope, that you've been able to be on second with today it's it's really been a pleasure to have you here um oh it's been an honor being here yeah yes so um 
so anyway, I thank you for being here and uh, wish you the best. Thank you. Thank you. And, and you too. And I appreciate all that you're doing, you know, to, to reach your audience and women. And, and the more, the more we have doing this, I mean, it's just going to, we're just going to keep impacting these, these great, beautiful souls we have out there. So thank you for all, all right. that you do. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So my dear friends, you have just heard a fascinating show today. I hope you've walked away with some useful skills that you can use with a breathing exercise, the walking in the grass, the being outside in nature. Um, they're all important to help us uh, conquer stress, lower our stress level. And I'm so thankful that Hope was able to share some of those with us. Go to her website and most of all, get that new book, uh, Angels Kisses, and maybe explore piece by piece. But for this week, I hope that you will share some of the happiness, share the breathing exercise with a friend, help them manage their skill as well, and tell them about Second Wind. Let them know there is a website or there is a podcast that is definitely focused for them. Have a great week. Joyce Buford returns next week at the same time for another edition of Second Wind. Through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System, women are receiving the support they need through their transitions and are able to reclaim their true purpose with confidence. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services at JoyceBufordEmpowers.com. Oh, 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 oh,